BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You can have, you know, a great city if you bring people together. Listen, we need our governor, our uh, Cook County board president, uh, the chief judge. We need all of these people to come together to solve uh, this issue in crime. Um, we can't do it alone. Uh, so we have to bring people together and to the table. And I think that's the type of leadership that I bring as a woman, as a black woman to the table. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is the latest entrant into the race for mayor seeking to deny Lori Light for the second term. Alderman Sophia King, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Fran. Always a pleasure. Why are you running? Uh, I love the city. Um, and we need a Chicago that's safer and stronger. Um, we don't have to make these false choices. Uh, between safety and justice, we can have them both. Uh, we don't have to choose between accountability and compassion. Uh, we can have those both, and we can both revitalize the neighborhoods and our downtown. Um, we can build our city and build equity. I um, want to really emphasize the power of and um, and stop you know, the confrontation and do a lot more collaboration. I believe How we can go further Lori together. Lightfoot not doing those two things together. I, I, you know, I think um, there's a lot of tension. Um, there's a lot of dissension. Uh, again, there's a even larger gap between the haves and have-nots. Uh, there's so many groups at odds uh, with this administration, whether it's the teachers, the police, uh, the city council. Um, you know, we just need to take a more collaborative approach because we can go a lot further together as a city. Teachers, police, aldermen, why is there so much tension with those groups? Yeah, I believe uh, that it starts, you know, with leadership. Um, and I think there's just, you know, a lack of respect there in all of those things. I think you know, again, you know, collaboration is the way to go. We need to come together as a city. Uh, we need to stop all the bickering. Um, our constituents, our residents, the, the uh, city of Chicago expects grown people to get in a room to figure it out and to come out with solutions. And again, what is the source of all of this tension with all these groups? You talk about teachers and police and aldermen. What is it about Lori Lightfoot that has created this? 
Yeah, I, that's something that, (laughs) that's a good question, but I know that, you know, what our city needs right now is someone to bring us together and um, have more collaboration and less dissension and less confrontation. Um, Again, we can go further together as a city. I've, you know, I've shown that um, in so many different instances. Uh, I'd like to highlight, you know, our Michael Reese development where we came together as a community, it was the first time, you know, we had a community advisory council. Uh, it's being heralded as one of the most equitable developments uh, in the country. And that's because I sat down with people um, in the community, uh, ones who may have been uh, potential protesters. I brought them to the table. I brought the entire community to the table, understood, you know, what the community wanted, understood what the development wanted. Uh, and we came together and got real benefits for the community. We got $25 million commitment for education, a $10 million commitment for a Bronzeville Museum. We've got, you know, uh, diversity, a 60% com- uh, commitment for minority participation, um, jobs, apprenticeships. Uh, that's the way. And, you know, by the way, you know, there are probably four big developments in the city um, you know, uh, Michael Reese, um, Lincoln Yards, 78. Um, and we didn't have, you know, any of the protests uh, because we brought together the community. We collaborated um, and brought a development uh, that was good uh, for the community and good uh, for the city. Uh, and we worked together to do that. And that's the type of leadership that I'll bring. The mayor has said for a while now that she is being unfairly targeted because she is a black woman. Now she can't say that. You, too, are a black woman. What about that argument that the mayor has made? Is she right that she's being unfairly criticized and probed and targeted for that reason? Listen, I'll I'll let the, you know, the community and the pundits, you know, speak on that. What I know is that, you know, I will provide a leadership that will bring uh, the community together and will bring uh, collaboration. And, you know, I've proven that in so many different ways. Uh, You can have, you know, a great city if you bring people together. Listen, we need our governor, our uh, Cook County board president, uh, the chief judge. We need all of these people to come together to solve uh, this issue in crime. Um, we can't do it alone. Uh, so we have to bring people together and to the table. And I think that's the type of leadership that I bring as a woman, as a black woman to the table. Counting Lightfoot, you're now the seventh African-American candidate in this race. Alderman Jason Irvin, the black caucus chair who is among a handful of black aldermen who gave Lightfoot an early endorsement, responded to your entry into this race by warning of a repeat of the infamous split between Gene Sawyer and Tim Evans that paved the way for the 89 election of Richard M. Daley as mayor of Chicago. Irvin argued rather extraordinarily that the African-American community hasn't seen or felt this level of commitment from the mayor's office since the days of Harold Washington. And he warned that with so many black candidates in this race and more expected maybe that, quote, we run the risk of losing it all and that as a community, quote, it behooves us to come together and figure this out or end up walking away with nothing. What do you say to that? 
You know, I say that, you know, you don't have to go that far back to see that uh, this fear of, you know, having black split votes, uh, you know, in the last election for which this mayor uh, was in and won, you know, there were two black women, as you know, in the runoff. Uh, there were six uh, people in the top, you know, in the top six people, there were five people of color, four African-American. So, you know, I'm not sure uh, you know, why you, you have to go back and, and speaking to the level of, of commitment, uh, the level of commitment, you know, that I've brought, uh, to the African-American community is not just a commitment. It's something that, you know, we've done, you know, I, uh, literally, uh, along with my, uh, progressive colleagues, uh, led the fight for, uh, $15 minimum wage, which gave 400,000 Chicago's a raise and lifted 100,000 out of poverty. And many of those black, you know, I uh, led the fight to rename Congress Avenue to Ida B. Wells, uh, to rename uh, DuSable to, or, or excuse me, Lakeshore Drive to DuSable Lakeshore Drive. This administration fought, fought, fought us on that, you know, the entire way. Uh, again, bringing the most equitable development uh, with a commitment uh, for uh, uh, 60% diversity. Uh, the most uh, the project uh, that, you know, I've just finished uh, has over 40 percent uh, minority uh, commitment. And I've got, you know, five or six of those in um, the ward already. So you can talk about commitment or you can talk about, you know, what we've already done. And I'm a proven leader in that regard. Um, and like I said, you don't have to, to go all the way back to Harold Washington, which we all know um, changed the level of 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 um, uh, the trajectory for the African-American and the Latino community. In, in fact, the entire city when he was there. Um, so he's right. Um, you do need a consensus around uh, a new leader, uh, but it's short-sighted to think that only black candidates will get only black votes. Uh, excuse me, well, black candidates will only get black votes. That's short-sighted. And, and you don't look, have to look back to Harold Washington's administration to see that. You can look at the last election. Right. But if, are you basically saying I'm not going to be bullied out of the race because Jason Irvin is afraid that the black vote will be split between Cam Buckner, Jamal Green, Rod Sawyer, Willie Wilson? You're not going to be bullied I, out of the I, race. I'm I'm certainly not going to be bullied out of a race. Um, and it's a false narrative. I think he's presenting a false narrative. And we would need to, again, get out of false choices. Uh, a black candidate, as we've seen, can represent the entire city. I expect to get votes and will seek votes from the entire city, not just one sector of the city. It is hard to imagine, though, all of you black candidates staying in the race, particularly people in the same lane like Cam Buckner and Rod Sawyer and mm -hmm. Jamal Green and you. Well, I, you know, I think everybody brings a uh, different perspective. And I think the uh, the uh, constituents will choose. I know that, you know, everybody also has uh, the same, um, you know, agenda, uh, keeping uh, the city uh, raising, you know, its level of accountability, um, you know, putting us on a path to being a global city again. I think all of those folks, um, you know, want that and what's best for the city. And I think we'll all come together um, to make sure that that happens. You expect the field to narrow, I assume. 
at some point it might, uh, you know, that's not my necessarily my expectation. I will, you know, continue uh, to fight for this city um, to do what I think is right. I think I'm a proven leader in that um, regard. You know, I don't have to talk about commitments. I can talk about, you know, what I've done and my record speaks for itself. You've called violent crime issues number one, two, and three with Chicago voters. I think the polling would back that up. You've said yes. you would start attacking that problem by firing David Brown, who you called the wrong choice to lead CPD. It was wrong, you say, to take officers out of the neighborhoods when they should be on beats building relationships. Lightfoot fired back by expressing her total confidence yet again in Brown and by insulting you. She said... We're making remarkable progress. We're down 16% in homicides, 20% in shootings. You don't get that without a determined, focused leader at the helm. And she said in the face of these remarkable, as she put it, accomplishments, it is astounding that people would even question a change in leadership now. And that would be foolish. And it frankly suggests to her that people don't know anything about public safety or local policing. What do you think of that? Listen, I, you know, uh, I, are my constituents and the city is telling our dif- uh, telling us differently. Um, what the city wants is for people to come together and stop all of this dissension and name calling. Um, I think, you know, in terms of our superintendent, uh, what I did say is that we need change in leadership and he can leave any way he wants to. But we do have to have change in leadership there. Um, I think, you know, we also have to uplift our police. I don't think our police um, have faith in the leadership uh, that we have here. Uh, They feel demoralized. Uh, They feel, you know, uh, like they're not um, um, being uh, supported and protected. Uh, Police are our brothers and sisters, mothers, fathers, uncles and aunts. They're an integral part of our community. Uh, They need to be respected and revered. Listen, there are two professions, you know, where we um, as a city try and drop everything at their feet that we have been unable to solve. That's teachers and police. Um, And so we need to support them. We need to both support them and hold them accountable. Again, the power of and we can do that. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, And so you know, we need to stop these false narratives. I think that's what I bring to the table. But it will start uh, with new leadership. Um, if, you know, if people don't understand that right now, then I don't think that they're really listening um, to uh, what our constituents are saying and asking for. And I think, you know, again, from the very beginning, you know, taking uh, police out of the neighborhoods and only putting them downtown. Again, you know, that was something that the administration didn't listen to. I think they've turned a bit on that and you may have seen some progress. You know, I haven't seen the data. They don't, uh, they keep that from us. Uh, But, um, you know, I will, when I uh, get an objective source to see if we've made some improvement, you know, I will then um, look at that. Uh, But I think we could have gone further together. And I think that's the biggest problem, um, that this administration just is not listening um, and is going forward fast, alone, and we can go a lot further together. The mayor told police graduates this week that she will always have their back. Does she have their back? Do they feel they have, that the mayor has their back? 
No, I, yeah, police don't feel supported. Um, like I said, they feel overworked, um, underappreciated, um, and they don't feel the support and they need to, uh, they need to feel our support and need to understand. We need to humanize police again. You know, we need to make sure that there's respect and reverence there. Um, and how do you do that? that? Is, how, what do you do uh, for them? Y- you you support them and you say that you humanize police. You make uh, you you, uh, you know, uh, don't let the false narrative uh, that's out there about, you know, the choice between safety and justice um, um, continue. We can have safety and justice. And so we can hold violent criminals accountable and we can have justice. That's a false narrative. And we you need a leader. You want to give them more time off. How do you do that? And how much more time off? Yeah, I, I, I told you we we're going to, you know, get into that. But there are different ways I think we can do that, certainly. Um, like I said, we can have a more equitable distribution of police. Let's start with that. Um, making sure that, you know, the police are in the places that they need to be. Uh, the uh, University of Chicago study has told it that, that that's not the case. I think we need to look into that first. I think we also, you know, need to uh, look at um, perhaps uh, the shifts um, and how we can uh, get more officers um, on the beats uh, right away. Again, making sure that they're in their neighborhoods and not downtown. Um, I think there's a number of things that we can do uh, right away. And listen, uh, we also know that more than 50% of calls to 911 are for nonviolent offenses. Um, and so they're for social services, for uh, homelessness, for um, um, mental health insecurities. We need to bring people who are trained in those areas, and that's a win-win, right? We take police, we bring in professionals that are trained in those areas to deal with those types of things, and we let police focus on the things that they're trained on. And so, again, there are so many ways, um, you know, that we can, you know, make sure our community is safe, and these are just a few. There are 1,500 police vacancies. Police exams that once attracted thousands of applicants now get dozens or hundreds. What is your answer to that problem? You've talked about providing incentives, like what? Sure, there there are a number of ways. You know, again, first start with, uh, you know, bringing respect and reverence back to that profession, um, back to the profession of teaching as well. I think we're losing teachers as well. And I would take the same um, course of action with both. We we need to provide incentives uh, for them to live in our communities, whether that's, you know, tax breaks, uh, mortgage breaks, interest rates breaks. There are so many different ways that we can approach that. But we need to make sure uh, that what we call the essential people, and hopefully we haven't forgotten that, are able to live and uh, vibrantly in our communities. And so I think we need to bring that incentive. Again, I said we need to uplift both of those professions, teachers and police, um, and make sure that, you know, we have respect and stop laying everything at their feet. So we do need, you know, social services in the school. We do need social services on the street. We do need, you know, more mental health uh, responders. Uh, We do need, um, you know, all of those things to deal with some of the issues that those professions um, you know, really aren't trained to deal with 
and shouldn't have to deal with alone. Um, and so I think that those are some of the things that we can do. Uh, but it all begins with working together um, and making sure that we are collaborating first and foremost. The mayor balanced her 2021 budget in part by eliminating 614 police vacancies. Would you restore them? You know, I, I think we would seek to restore them. And that would that would call for us being able to attract and hire uh, those uh, vacancies. But that's something, you know, we've seen the attrition. Uh, we can't keep up with attrition. So it's certainly a problem. And that's why we would move to making sure that we had incentives for robust uh, um, recruitment. Um, again, goes back to, you know, bringing back respect, humanizing that profession again, and making sure that uh, police and teachers feel supported. Were you troubled by the firing this week of Bob Boyk? He was fired by David Brown. Uh, he's the guy who is charged with implementing court-ordered reforms for the Chicago Police Department. He was punished for saying that the uh, decision by Brown to reassign officers from his unit would endanger the training of police officers. What did that say about Lori Lightfoot and David Brown, that they would not tolerate that kind of dissent and got rid of this guy who rose, you know, who, who raised an issue? Yeah, I think, again, it um, just, you know, magnifies um, the uh, lack of support, um, the lack of or the uh, lack of morale, you know, that's in um, the police department now. Um, you know, you take, you know, something as important as the consent decree um, and you jeopardize it. Um, you know, I, I've uh, had the opportunity to talk to Chief Boyk on a number of occasions. I found him to be nothing but professional um, and, you know, a class act, responsive um, and forthcoming. Um, so I think, again, it sends a message of lack of support uh, for the police. Um, and, you know, it's troubling uh, because I think it was a retaliation to uh, something that, you know, uh, uh, a high uh, chief uh, police officer, is, or, or excuse me, he's actually a civilian, but is telling you. Um, and you, you know, as a leader should be able to hear uh, things that you may not actually um, agree with um, and, and still be able to make decisions and move on. And I think, again, it shows a, a lack of leadership there. The mayor will stand for re-election on a budget that includes a modest $127.9 million shortfall. She's cut an automatic escalator property tax increase that ties the increase to the rate of inflation every year to half of what it could have been, 5%, and said it's going to be 2.5%, 42.7 million. Will you vote for that? Can you vote for it? Will it pass the city council? You know, so I've, you know, I haven't read her entire proposal, so it's hard to say what, you know, I would vote for and what I wouldn't vote for. But here's here's what I can say. I know that, um, you know, the taxpayers uh, have seen uh, the brunt of, you know, the budget. We can't balance it off of their backs. Um, and so I know property taxes, the escalator, as it had been presented, is totally off whack. Um, I do think, you know, we have to have 
you know, some conservative budgeting and we have to figure out, you know, how to uh, to deal with our pension and how to balance our budget. Uh, but I don't think that that should be off the backs of, of um, the citizens of Chicago. I think that we can do a number of things um, in bringing more progressive income. We can also, you know, look at efficiencies in the uh, budget first. Uh, so some said, of, those are some of the already. first things. Yeah, but we, you know, <laughs> we've seen um, her come up with all kinds of cash giveaways and things in the budget. And I think that there are always there's always room in a billion dollar budget to find more efficiencies. But that's where I would start first. So you would not support the forty two point seven million dollar increase. I, I, Fran, I haven't really had an opportunity to look at it. So I can't say what I would support and what I wouldn't support if I haven't looked at it yet. Well, you say you have progressive revenue ideas for solving the pension crisis. Like what? The mayor campaigned, for example, on a promise to raise the real estate transfer tax on high sure. end home sales and never did that. She was going to do that for homelessness and a dedicated source. What what progressive revenue ideas are you talking about? Oh, that's one of them. I think that's one that we could certainly look at um, as a progressive uh, stream for homelessness, uh, for pensions, maybe racial redress. Um, if we had instituted that, I think, you know, again, um, this was a lack of leadership. Uh, you know, we could have brought that home. Um, the state was willing to, to, you know, help us with that. Um, and we didn't because of the tension that was there and the dissension was there. But we could have had, you know, two hundred million dollars uh, extra, you know, in our budget. And as a progressive uh, uh, one time, you know, kind of uh, um, uh, uh, sales tax uh, for folks who are buying homes over a million dollars uh, to have a slight increase. Um, and that could have brought in, you know, up to two hundred million dollars a year. Um, depending on, you know, sales and things of that nature. But obviously it's been high over the last few years. Um, and so, again, um, the leadership the just wasn't there to bring it home. No, there are other ones. And, and you know, as I said, like we'll, what? we'll get into some of those things um, a little bit later as we lay out our platform. You can't even throw out a few ideas yeah, right now? I, you know, as I said, we, there was, we will get into those a bit later as we um, roll out our platform. The mayor used the avalanche of federal stimulus funds to bankroll a seemingly endless parade of freebies, security cameras, sure. gas cards, venture cards, bicycles. Sure. She's spending $31.5 million to start what she claims is the largest guaranteed minimum income pilot in the country, 500 a month for 5,000 needy families for a year, no strings attached. Would you continue that program? And what do you think of all these freebies? Yeah, I, you know, I think they are um, what everybody thinks they are, um, you know, just kind of a political <laughs> opportunity right here. But I will tell you something about the, um, the uh, guaranteed basic income. I mean, that was something that uh, myself uh, and a couple other aldermen brought to the table. Um, a lot of the ideas uh, in that this past budget were things uh, that the Progressive Caucus uh, championed. That was one of them. I think it is a tool. It's a proven tool with metrics that can be used. Um, I think that there are other tools that can be used too. I think the, the problem here is that we keep throwing good money after bad. Um, and so we can't continue to do that. I think 
you know, like we said, safety, violence intervention are our number one issues. And we need to come together and figure out, you know, communicate with the state that's got a tranche of money for that, the county that has a tranche of money for that, the city does, um, and to, you know, come up with a cohesive plan together so that we're not duplicating efforts. We each have hundreds of millions of dollars. We can deal with this issue. There are ways that we can deal with this issue. One of those ways, um, and I brought it up uh, before, is that, you know, we can, you know, uh, target uh, use targeted, you know, law enforcement again with compassion. Um, we know that there's 1,500 to 2,000 um, individuals who are either likely to get shot uh, or shoot someone. We should target those individuals. Uh, we for two reasons: one, to put them on notice, and two, to show that we can be compassionate. Right? We can bring you a uh, job training. We can bring you uh, trauma intervention. Um, we can bring, you know, all of these things around you uh, to help support you. Uh, but if you choose to, um, you know, continue with uh, violence, uh, we are going to hold you accountable. Uh, but we you can be compassionate. This, you're among the sponsors of the Anjanette Young Ordinance, which is still stuck in committee reforming the way sure. the police department executes search warrants. Uh, what about Lightfoot's changing story about what she knew and when she knew it about the Anjanette Young raid, about her administration's efforts to conceal the tape, about her keeping that ordinance stuck in committee? Is it part of the argument that some reformers make that she is not a real reformer, but a phony one? Well, I'll, I'll let, like I said, I'll let you guys um uh, be the pundits and talk about that. What I do know that is that it's sad that that ordinance um, has not been uh, passed and that she's blocking that. Um, it's it's important, you know, that um, we uh, deal with these issues um, that are plaguing our city. And the fact that, you know, Anjanette Young, you know, had to stand naked for, you know, 40 minutes uh, because of a wrong uh knock and announce, if you can call it, was really a no-knock, um, uh, a warrant is something that we need to deal with. And it's a shame that we haven't already dealt with that. It's a small thing that we could have done immediately to address both that immediate issue, but other systemic issues um, around that. And so that's something that my leadership will bring. You know, we will address those issues. There won't be these, you know, false uh, promises of what we can do um, in kind of a bait and switch. We should address that issue and we should do it swiftly. She campaigned on an elected school board only to fight it tooth and nail and have the General Assembly force it down her throat. She called the 21 member board unwieldy. What do you say hmm. about that? No, I, I think there are uh, a number of things. I think uh, the uh, electorate has told us that they want um, accountability uh, you know, in uh, elected school board. And I think that you're right. Um, change in, uh, from the campaign to practice. Um, I think uh, as an, uh, a, a leader, um, you should be a person of your ward. I do know that things change, you know, <laughs> once you become, once you uh, get the office. Uh, but that's something, again, that I bring to the table. I understand, you know, um, what it takes 
Um, I understand how to work with my colleagues. You know, I understand how to work with the different branches of government um, in order to collaborate and get things done. And I think that's the type of leadership that I'm excited about bringing to the city of Chicago. You also had to fight around civilian police review, and we really haven't seen the progress that we should have seen on that either. It's been painfully yeah, the, slow. Uh, yeah, myself and other uh, progressive colleagues worked hard to bring, you know, civilian oversight um, to the table. Uh, we've, you know, brought it to her. Uh, she's been making a decision uh, for a long time about that. But again, it speaks to kind of uh, the priorities for public safety. That's a priority. We need to, you know, have uh, those commissioners in place so that we can move our city forward. Um, and that's the type of leadership that I will bring. Again, collaboration, not confrontation, and we can go further together. Is she stalling that deliberately, do you think? You'll have to ask her that, Fran. All I know is that that's something that should have been done already. Uh, we have given her the names that she needs to in order that she needs to pick the commissioners. And it's something that's a priority uh, for the city. Uh, the city has said that that's what they want. And it's something that should have been done already. Lifefoot has offered to renovate Soldier Field and put a lid on it at a cost of $2.2 billion to keep the Bears from moving to Arlington Heights. Do you support that? Will it ever happen? Should it happen? We shouldn't have been in this situation again. You know, the uh, confrontation there in the beginning. Uh, we should do whatever we need to do to keep the Bears in the city of Chicago. Um, and Including $2.2 to put a lid on it? We should do whatever we need to do to keep the Bears in Chicago. Uh, again, that was something that I was not, even though the Bears Stadium is in, you know, my ward, uh, that was done, you know, kind of behind closed doors. I think there are a lot of incentives that we can give to the Bears uh, to make it more uh, viable for them to be in the city. Um, and I think that's what we should do as soon as we can sit down with them and negotiate that. We should do that. So you think that but we should tension, have done it on the front end. You think the tension that she caused is part of the reason why we're in this situation? I do. I do. It was very dismissive from there? the it was very dismissive from the very beginning. But again, you know, I think the type of leadership that I will bring will be collaboration so that we can move our city forward, not confrontation, but collaboration. So we can move our city further together. Alderman Sophia King, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck on the campaign trail, and I will see you all in September. <laughs> <laughs>